0: You're listening to The GIST Podcast, a place where we come together and meet the many wonderful people who make just what it is, a place of learning, of community, diversity, and global citizenship. The internet has been full of advice over the past year on how to live a healthy and productive lifestyle during lockdown. Early on, we're encouraged to make sourdough bread, learn a second language, and take on daily online yoga classes. If you weren't being productive during lockdown, the internet told us, then you weren't doing it right. Now, over a year on, we are told this online malaise we may be feeling is called languishing, the failure to be productive or successful. I'm Joanna Summers, and today's conversation will focus on our physical health. And who better to talk to us about fitness, exercise, and sports than our very own GIST Athletics Coordinator, Jake Stockman. Jake, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to our discussion.
0: Pleasure. It's great to have you here. And... I was actually just laughing to myself because I thought, Jake is not a man you ever see sitting down. So I was very happy to have you on the podcast today because you'd be sitting down to talk to me. But no, you're standing.
1: <laughs> I do better at these stand-up desks. And honestly, it's because when I sit down, the few moments I get to sit down, it's like a heavy weight of bricks finally hits me. And then <laughs> it's just that much harder to get up because I'm like, oh, I'm resting.
0: And oh, it's there, I just
1: want to sink in. But uh, so that's why I do this. And it does mentally make me more alert.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, if we sit down, we snooze on the, yeah. don't we? You're on that scale. Yep. yep. So Jake, where are you on that scale with lockdown? Are you baking cookies or are you languishing or are you somewhere in the middle? Where are you right now?
1: I would say that I'm somewhere in the middle. And it is mm-hmm. kind of funny that you bring up the baking cookies because in this entire time, I did take on a few... Challenges in the kitchen just to do my part, plus, Uh with time on my hands. And it's pretty simple. You just get online, you take a look at a recipe. And I've messed up a few things, but there are two things that I would like to highlight that I am very proud of. (laughs) I have learned to make the simplest of simple recipes for chicken enchiladas. And my other claim to fame is a sausage jambalaya with cornbread.
0: Oh, I managed to pull it
1: off. But I also managed to mess up lasagna. Which is supposed to be one of the easiest things in the world to make. And I well, somehow I burned it.
0: There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> you just you pick go. off the black bits. There you go. But yeah.
1: um, somewhere overall, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. very fortunate to live where we do live. So my main source of exercise during this time to get me off the couch is we have a couple of dogs and we get to go walking in our wonderful neighborhood, which is a controlled environment. Um, but also access to our campus is just a lovely, lovely thing for everybody's health and wellness and I've just been taking advantage of that and also the beautiful outdoor sport of golf which tests my patience and my talent but I seem to still be going out there and trying it as much as possible so I'm in the middle
0: oh well that's cool and certainly I I see you using the campus facilities when you rushed past me the other day Jack are we good for the podcast yep good (laughs) we're
1: good we're good yeah (laughs)
0: So tell us a little bit about your journey here at GISS, Jake, and as an yeah. international educator.
1: Okay. So this is my one and only international educational post. I mm. was so lucky to land here when I decided to give this international thing a chance. I was teaching elementary PE in the, in the States. And I had a friend who at my school had just come home to take care of some sick parents. And he was doing the international thing for a while. And I was telling him that I'm curious. I don't know where my career is going to go. And he goes, Jake, you are the perfect person to get into this. Let me tell you all about it. And it was just like these very colorful stories about his experiences and how much fun he had, and telling me that like life is going to be different, but life will be the same. You can do this. You're young. Go on in adventure. So I just thought, okay, if I'm looking to get jobs in other locations in the States, why don't I try this thing at the same time? Well, I just so happened to. Start looking for jobs when something popped up here at GIS. And what do you know? I interviewed for it. Um, they offered it to me then and there on my phone interview at the time. And <laughs> I, I responded by saying, I am 90% certain I'm going to take this job, but there's 10% uncertainty and just fear, and it's happening too fast. Can you give me some time? And they said, We'll give you a week. And this same friend, I went back to him and I said, I can't believe it. This school, he told me all about the school and the, I asked his conference and he said, Jake, this is great. Like, don't turn, don't turn this away. And I said, I know, I know I'm just uncomfortable. And he goes, the right thing to do. If you know that you're going to do this is not used the whole time. And I said, you know what? You're right. And so I got on the phone and I just called him up, even though I was still kind of scared at the time. And I said, this is the right thing for me. I'm going to do it. Thank you. I accept the position. And that position was at Pi, So I was the PE teacher for two years at Pi, and I just had wonderful colleagues, landed on my feet there in just such a respectful, professional environment. And then after two years down there, I knew that I wanted to eventually be on the track towards athletic administration. And since I had already taught middle school in the States and elementary school in the States, I, I wanted that high school experience. I had plenty of experience coaching high school, but I also wanted to say that I could teach at the high school level as well. A high school PE position came open um, and they accepted me. I interviewed for it and they said, you're, you're gonna be a good fit. I did that for four years and what do you know, the athletic director position came open and I was uh, taking classes to get myself ready for athletic administration. Um, I had not done the position anywhere before, but I had seen a lot, learned a lot. I certainly, was doing so much here at gist to know how the internal workings were operating as well as I had a, a lot of IASIS experience and interviewed for it I was open and honest had just good great nurturing people um who said we see something good in you and um that's how I got it they said Jake we <laughs> believe in you we're gonna build this and here you go and I've been doing it now I'm completing my seventh year or eighth year and um Lots of ups, lots of downs. I've grown, I've learned, and I still am. There's still all these other new versions of athletics just can have all these other new versions of Jake that I can learn about as well. And um, I am just so grateful to this school overall. And I just love this position.
0: Well, and it sounds like you're you're really drawing on one of our dispositions there, reflectiveness, and and Hmm. thinking about the opportunities that you've had. And you've got that rare badge, Of having worked across three divisions which is a wonderful a wonderful thing to have i want you to think back so reflecting again i want you to think back to little jakey as a child how did you how did you get into sports as a kid
1: well i was a troublemaker um i was that kid who walked into class um and you were just like whoa that is a messy ball of energy um and uh, Sports was the outlet. I didn't really have a focus on any specific sports. It was just go do try everything. But probably my greatest introduction into sports was recess um, because my parents were not athletes. Uh, They just did it recreationally. So it's not like my dad was sitting me down in front of the TV and saying, watch this sport, do this. It wasn't like my mom was saying, you have a talent in this, go target this area. It was really, I just was a bundle of energy and they just knew. Our communities or school teams was an outlet for it. But it was at recess where I just had some great athletic friends whose families were that type. And so I would always get to tag along. And that's how I got onto our traveling baseball teams. That's how I picked up soccer and football through other people. Um, And then my favorite sport, the one that I enjoy the most and I had the most success at was basketball. And my family and I, we moved to a pretty Basketball crazy area of the United States. And it just so happened that because of that environment, um, I was just absorbed into this other world. And that just opened up my eyes to a lot of things. And then I started to focus a little bit more in high school, picking seasons and things that I wanted. That's my story. Pretty much just a troublemaker, needed an outlet. And through it, the character building side came out, the passion side came out. And here I am today, trying to give that back to other people.
0: So, so let's tap into that a little bit. You've taught PE across the, across the three divisions, so our youngest children up until our most senior. And you've talked about it yourself that, you know, for you it was an outlet for all of your energy. Where do you see the role of athletics in children's development?
1: Um, it would be easy to say fitness, um, mm-hmm. where, where we need that movement, we need that health and everything. It would also be easy to say the social interactions, Um, but I would actually speak more on physical development and how to use your body. Mm -hmm. That I think is the most important because like when I was younger and I just was this ball of energy, I didn't know how it all worked. I didn't know how my body and everything worked. And I just went out and just tried. And eventually I would have coaches. that would say, stop, move this, then move this, then do this. And I don't know how much I was listening. But once something clicked and I had success, whether that means I'm throwing correctly, kicking correctly, running better, um, something in that clicked for me where I was starting to have an identity. But it all started with how does my body work properly and how does it function brain to body all the way down from heads to toe? And that's where I started to truly just get an, an identity that built some sort of belonging, some sort of success where I could start to create my own personality. I didn't know it at the time, but when I reflect back, those were the things that were happening. So truly early childhood development, when you get into early elementary school, it's just about learning how to use the body first. And Mm -hmm. then once that's working, then you put a certain type of ball in front of them, or you give them a certain type of goal. And then How much did you really learn without knowing it? And the kids will start to choose for themselves where they go. And a lot of times it's success, whatever they define success as. I like this. I'm going to go to it, which maybe turns into passion, which maybe turns into a lifestyle. And then from there, there you go. So I actually think that's the best place for athletics. It's just getting yourself coordinated, getting yourself knowledgeable so that you now have your own very basic toolbox. Go use it. Whenever you're ready to make your own choices, now you can go use it.
0: So it's a really good description there of the importance of sports in the different stages of our life. Firstly, learning how to use our body and what it can do, and then ultimately that upper end, perhaps finessing those skills to be more meaningful. Um, particularly in this period of COVID, and, and uh, you know, many of our students have been stuck at home and haven't been able to play their usual sports and catch up with their friends and and do all those physical things. And for me as well, I feel all that incidental exercise I used to use, walking back and forth to different parts of the school I've lost this year. So, you know, what can we as parents, how can we try and perhaps motivate and encourage our kids to get out of the house at the moment when when they've become so used to being, you know, strapped to the screen?
1: Well, I'm going to give... I'm not going to give a very clear answer. And the reason is it's because I don't know. We all are struggling in our own ways. We all have different resources. So I'm going to first talk about going into the summertime, and then I'll try to backtrack it into what our school year was. For those of us that will be traveling, for those of us that are going to be off our regular school timetable, I think the best thing to do is to just unplug, a forced unplug turn off the TV, turn off the computer, get rid of the phone and just go out and move. Like I said, I'm walking through my neighborhood with a dog. I, I walk the same loops over and over and over. And sometimes I get bored. I don't even want to start it because I'm not motivated, Mm -hmm. but you got to force yourself to do it. If you truly believe that this is something you need, that type of balance, that is what's going to have to get you on your feet out the door. But I can tell you that every single dog walk that I'm on that, especially the ones that start with a I roll or no energy. I'm 10% into that walk. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm here, I'm present. I like this. And here we go. You know, I mean
0: i bumped into you recently. Didn't I, I, I? Yes, yeah, I
1: know, we did. So you see me, you see me out there and it's I just, can vouch for you. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing that has honestly just been the one constant that is gonna force me to get out there and do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: one of the funny other things that gets me to do it is I don't just do it for me. I know that the dogs need it too. So I'm thinking of somebody else. And I'm like, this dog needs it. I'm going to go along with, wow, this is good for me. And that kind of is the theme of what I would tell parents right now. If you have some pretty relaxed kids, um, do the things with them. Don't tell them you need to do this. Do it alongside. Don't ask them to do something that you're not willing to do because that does not build motivation. So good luck with that. I don't know what your resources are, but if that means that you sit down, you have a conversation, you goal set, and you all work towards it, that type of thing might be motivating. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work, but what I found during this time, online, in person, the few chances we get to be in person, when you are with somebody else, talking, communicating, trusting that the other person is doing their end of whatever bargain or agreement you have, it is one of those things that get you out of your seat and get you moving. So instead of just thinking, I'm bored. I'm lazy. I need to exercise. I don't feel like it. Get your thoughts off yourself. And when you start to actually project that onto somebody else, you now see yourself in a helping role. And that is one way to get yourself motivated a little bit. So, and also to the parents that might be listening, um, those conversations or goal setting might be foreign to you, might be brand new. And I would say like, If you're thinking that's not going to work, my kids are not going to respond. They're going to think I'm a big weirdo. Why am I doing this all of a sudden? Or they just don't want to be with me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what the kids are like, but don't give up on them. Like just sit there, try it again, try your approach differently, keep going, and something's going to click.
0: And I think that's been one of the loveliest responses we've had from our students as well in the surveys that we've given them throughout the year about they've enjoyed about online learning so often and even from our high schoolers we get that response of well i really enjoy spending more time with my family and so that extends to that physical space as well doesn't it not just sitting on the couch together but also getting out and about yeah this is a slightly different different slant on that question um what do we do as parents or how do we manage it as families when we have kids who are just simply not interested in sports, you know, they, they, they have other interests and, and sports isn't one of them. And I think sometimes as parents, that can be a source of disappointment. You know, we want our kids to be sporty. Yeah. So do we push them? Do we encourage them? What do we do there as families?
1: Um, don't push too hard. What I would say is lean into what their interests are provided that they are somewhat healthy interests. I would argue that if somebody says my interests are video games and therefore I want to play them for 10 hours a day, I wouldn't say that that's healthy. But if there's other interests of reading, music, art, those types of things, I would say lean into that and build a connection with your kids through that. So you then find a moment where you think, I have an understanding of what makes my kid tick. This is what makes them go. And then you can take that connection and think, how can I take this attraction they have to this activity and make it seem relatable to being active as well? And then you just kind of trick them, manipulate them. I don't know. Use your, use your own thinking to say, hey, let's balance this out. And I have a way to make this thing that maybe you're not into, you feel insecure about, you're scared of. But we can do this thing together or we can do it slow. Well, we can do it only a few times to see if you like it. But if you start to introduce it in a way that speaks to them, their language, they're probably going to be more open to just even thinking about it. And once you get them thinking about it, the next few stages will be the actual action. But do not push too hard, because if you push too hard, the kids are now thinking this is completely performance based and I am going to be judged on whatever you are expecting out of me. Let them have a voice. Let them say, I'll do it, but at this level, because sports and fitness grow gradually.
0: Mm -hmm. So don't go
1: too too much too soon.
0: That's great insight. Jake, we recently found out from IASIS that that certainly for semester one, you know, many of our uh, IASIS sporting activities will be suspended. What other opportunities will there be for students though in semester one, especially for our high schoolers who are involved in IASIS in terms of of competitions or being active and and that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh,
1: The real answer is we don't know. Uh, I can't tell you exactly what we're gonna be doing, but myself, uh, the middle school athletics coordinator, Mr. Paul McTeague, we are sitting down and right now we just have this, all these puzzle pieces of things that we can do. And first thing we got to do is figure out what our what our permissions are. Mm -hmm. So it could be a lot like what you saw this semester, which is we just offer these introductory sports sessions, mostly designed at participation. Come on, let's just get yourselves involved. We are bouncing around some ideas that are tied to the Olympics so that Mm -hmm. we can actually just do multi-sport training or activity training just to get the kids involved and to give them some sort of competition or just evaluation where they can see their name and a rating scale similar to what the olympics do for a lot of events mixed together but we're also taking a look at the low risk or outdoor sports as they relate to the pandemic and we're trying to build backwards from those and say what are our usual traditions and what is the usual calendar that we have okay those events are good how do we change them to be outdoor or to include other other sports or other activities where can we put them in the calendar so that it feels like we're, we're working towards something? We have even time in between the events. We got a lot of great ideas and uh, we can pull them off here at GIST. It's just we just got to get to green light. So a lot of our work is just getting, documenting the formula for how we would pull it off. And then you have version A through version Z. And once you figure out what the rules are, you're like, oh, that matches this one pull out that and then we just get going. But I, what I can guarantee is the sports facilities are going to be available and we are going to use them in some way. And we are going to highly encourage people to come out and use them, whether it is for fitness development, sports skill acquisition, or just movement and participation. We will have that available.
0: And certainly those facilities have been the saving grace for many people throughout our community over the past year. Jake, yes. final, final question, important question. Yeah. When is your first golf booking in June? When and where?
1: Sorry, say that again?
0: When and where is your first golf booking in June?
1: Oh, uh, June 4th is our last day, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, June 5th. <laughs> yeah. It's the day after. A few of us already got that figured out. <laughs> We're ready for it.
0: Thanks so much for your time today, Jake.
1: Thank you, Joe. I appreciate this. Have a good day. You too. Bye.